What's going on, everyone? It's Mike and John, and we're here bringing you this week's episode of Beard Stroke and Bullshit. John, it's uh, we've had a pretty busy week. Yeah, but but uh, but you hang. But before you say anything else, like we've had a consistent recording schedule, so it's not like has, it hasn't been a while. Hasn't been. No, it hasn't. It it's really been, hasn't. It's been the right amount of time. <laughs> it's been the perfect amount of time. Uh, we had two episodes out this week. Uh, one with Patrick Tra- uh, Trahey uh, of the Twelve. Uh, we had our episode of Bullshitting Around, uh, talking about some things that we needed to talk about, like Doom. And Fifth, Fifth Element, because, you know, good. Fifth Element's timely. Yes. Uh, but no, uh, today we're uh, so gladly joined uh, by Bernie Gonzalez, uh, who is the creator of Midnight Mystery. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. Um, I You sent over a, a preview copy of, of issue one, um, and I got to tell you straight out the bat is that uh, I need to read the rest of this. Cause it's, it's got, I, it's got a little bit of everything you need and it's, and it's that perfect, like suspenseful drop off at the end. And we'll get to that. Um, but I just want to confirm here, uh, before we go any further, you're doing all of this, you're writing and you're, and you're drawing, correct? Yeah, you got that right. Uh, created lettering, uh, everything but lettering pretty much. Uh, I brought in, uh, Wes Loker and I think you guys interviewed him yeah. last year, uh, when he, uh, for his unit 44 book also from Alterna. Yep. Yes, we did. Yeah, no, Wes is good people, uh, yeah, very oh, professional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I listen to, uh, I think this is the good thing about all of these podcasts that are out there. And, you know, that's all Kevin Smith, more podcasts, you know, <laughs> more yeah. people, more opinions, more perspectives. And because he was, uh, he was good people. When you guys talked to him, I was more than happy to say, hey, bud, let's work together on Midnight Mystery. Uh, you're good. You sound like you're a good guy from listening to some of these shows. So I'd be more than uh, more than ecstatic to work with you. So thank you guys for interviewing him. Um, so <laughs> that, that was good stuff. Yeah. That's I mean, so you, cool. that's how you get to know people in this age, right? Yeah, exactly. Is That's how you kind of make connections now is via, you know, hearing people on podcasts or seeing them tweet or whatever, um, or even you know, sometimes. Um, I'm so stoked to know that we kind of had a hand in that. <laughs> I was, uh, I did a podcast, uh, maybe a few weeks ago and I was telling, uh, the host of that show, uh, Christian from part-time fanboy, he'd interviewed Peter Samedi, uh, of Alterna, the Alterna yeah. publisher. And when I had finished kind of like my midnight mystery, you know, like a point where I was good doing it on my own, on my own website. And I saw that he was going to do the bring back newsprint initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian had interviewed him. So when I was on Christian's show, I told him, like, you, you're you're a part of this as well, because because you interviewed Peter and he just came off like uh, he had good business sense, um, like he was a professional. He knew what he was doing and he had a plan. It made it that much more gave me that much more incentive to to send him the submission for Midnight Mystery. But same with you guys, because you guys interviewed uh, Wes and he sounded professional. I knew, like, well, if I'm going to work with anyone, I might as well work with this guy. So. Podcasts are great. Lets you get into, uh, you know, uh, get to know a little bit about what people are working on, but mostly you get to know about the person, what they like. You know, when someone starts making a evil dead joke, you just know you're like, all right, this is good. <laughs> we're gonna get along. <laughs> yeah, you hear that? You know, they're good people. Like, you know what? We're gonna go get our boomsticks together. Let's do that. That's so fucking cool, man. I, I I'm kind of like. I don't know how to react to that. That's fucking awesome. I'm so stoked. Something else that you might. Uh, so I live uh, just a little bit further north in Chicago. You guys are in Chicago as well. Uh, yeah, we're we're um, I'm I'm like west southwest burbs. And I think John's a little bit further west. Yeah, northwest. Northwest. Gotcha. And I think we all have shopped at Chimera Comics. Yes. Uh, yes, we. Have. Well, I have. I don't know if John's been able to make the trip yet. No, not yet. But 
I don't know. I right now I'm not. Uh, my financial situation doesn't really permit me to purchase a bunch of comics at the moment. So it's a sad, sad time. But eventually, <laughs> when I, I don't know, I, I got a huge ass backlist, and like I got that's, that's the problem. It, it's only growing. So it's like eventually I'm going to get like a sack and just get a ton of comics. So oh, it's it's rough, man. Like I've been picking up. I've been trying to be m- way more consistent in in picking up my comics and trying to cut and kind of finagle where I'm going because there's so many really great comics that are coming out that aren't the big two, that aren't DC or Marvel. Uh, And that's what I love about Alterna is that I don't feel like if I'm going to get an Alterna book, I'm not dropping, you know, I'm not dropping five bucks. I'm dropping a dollar fifty. And the stories and, and and what's being created through Alterna is fantastic, which is why I was glad when I heard about when you reached out to us and uh, I saw you were part of the Alterna group. I was like, oh, absolutely. I'd love to hear more about, you know, where you where you kind of came from, how you started um, and and kind of the whole bag, the whole shebang, if you will. Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. I will say Peter makes it hard, right? I mean, at a dollar fifty each. Really uh, and like you said, good stories made by good people. And it's it's hard to to not want to pick up an alternative title at a dollar fifty. Plus, then there's the whole nostalgia factor. I mean, I grew yep. up picking a comic set seven eleven. And if you guys were from the Midwest, yep. from Venture and Zare and Kmart, all those places, mm-hmm. uh, you know, newsstands, wherever it was. Uh, but you know, the the smell of newsprint, the feel of newsprint, it's pretty unique. So to be able to you know, uh, do a comic in newsprint and at the same time at a dollar fifty. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'd probably pay more even for a good. You know, if it was three dollars, I'd still I'd still pay the two ninety nine for it. That'd be oh, fine. absolutely. Um, there's something about it, something about the feel. And with Midnight Mystery, it's got the pulp retro kind of like noir Batman yeah. the animated series kind of thing to it. Absolutely noir, all in there. So hopefully, someone will pick it up and it'll feel right. Yeah, I dude. Yeah, I just want to say your art style, fantastic. Like I, I love it. Yeah, when I saw that you were doing everything, like you're like, doing the pencils and all that. Firstly, just as a cr- creatively, that must be awesome because like you don't have to describe anything to anybody. Be like, all right, so Batman's got to punch the guy here. No, fuck that. You just you're like it's all in your head. You're writing the script. You're able to make everything happen, and that's awesome. But yeah, it totally reminded me of the Art Deco original Batman and made mm-hmm. series uh, art style. So props. I don't know, I appreciate it. I mean, it's uh, Batman animated series is pretty much uh, the best Batman anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least <laughs> yeah. for me, you know, I, I watched it in high school and it it made an impression. So I, I wear my influences on my sleeve. Everything they did on that show, uh, the writing, the the artwork, uh, the coloring, the pacing, so good. I mean, you could sit down for a twenty two minute episode and you felt satisfied. It was like uh, at least I think of like Twilight Zone. That's probably the only other show that I can think of outside of. Uh, Batman the Animated Series, where I felt like, you know what, 22 minutes, but this is good. It's just good storytelling, good characterization, good drama. I walk away saying, yeah, that was awesome. So if uh, if the parallels are there with them, then I'll take it. I don't think it's it's that close, but it was definitely a big influence for me. Oh, hell yeah. Well, it definitely seems that way. And I just as a quick aside, I showed my uh, four-year-old nephew the clay-faced, epi- clay-faced episode of Batman the Animated Series, and he freaked the fuck out. So, uh, I, so <laughs> I just like the I just like how it's like, it's, oh, yeah, this is still this is more adult than I realized. I forgot. Uh, but anyway. I, where, where they show uh, Robin kind of falling for the uh, clay-faced girl. Yeah, yeah, the whole. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be a little rough for him to kind of process to say, wait a second saying kids can be made of clay yeah all right now now you're just messing with my world that's not right yeah totally that kid's gonna be screwed up forever anyway so so okay i now since we all have kind of established that we're all chicago based i have to ask a question 
that was on my mind as soon as you introduced the character of Mr. Blackwood and Count Karloff. And I'm pretty sure you might know where I'm going. Svenguli? Of course, hands down. Okay. Hands okay. down. Yeah, that I mean, is... and I'm talking, I mean, so I, I feel, so I just turned 40 earlier this year, so I don't know how that compares to you guys. I'm 32. I'm 29. So it's, it's, it's all right. A decade off, but yeah. you, guys, you guys grew up with, with Son of Sven Gulli yep. when Rich Coles was doing, I don't know if you remember on Fox Kids, he would do the intro to like Tiny Toons and yep. Tasmania, Eek the Cat. Um, I forget the one with the dinosaurs. Like maybe that was just a part of Eek the Cat. Might have been. Uh, but that, yeah. Uh, and then there was, uh, and then there was Batman the Animated Series 2 and all that, but he would do that along with, I think it was Sports or Weather for Fox. Yes. Like Sven yes. Gulli was kind of on hiatus because they'd canceled it back in, 86 um and at that point i was like single digits so i, I barely remember <laughs> it um but then it was in uh 94 that's when Gulli kicked back in yep and then they did the whole me tv and it went national in like uh like 2010 or 2011 but yeah. uh, oh yeah hands out i mean you grow up in chicago or or the burbs uh, and i was a proper chicago guy like grew up in logan square uh, okay. you know not out in the burbs <laughs> so <laughs> i can actually say i was from chicago Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, every Saturday night you watch Sven Gulli on summers. Uh, they would air Sven Gulli like in the afternoon. So, yep. you know, if you were out of school, it was a perfect thing to just watch this like two hour cheesy movie. Cheesy um, ass you know, movies, was... throwing the, the rubber chickens. Oh, you know? hands down. Yeah. And in the background, I didn't realize till much later. Remember when he would do the uh, no personal checks thing? Yeah. One of the guys that are that's in the background kind of saying no personal check is Alex Ross. No. Google it. That, that I'm, I'm not making this up. He is one of the people in the background, and I only noticed it because I saw – I was kind of looking at it, and I'm like, oh, that guy looks like Alex Ross. There's no way that would be Alex Ross. And then I saw it like the next time, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to look this up. It's like, yep, there it is, Alex Ross, who I think lives in the northern burbs. Yes. Uh, I, I'm sure he uh, you know, one day was at a signing. Sven Gulli could have been there. They start chatting. Rich Coase sounds like he's a, you know, he's a comic book fan, and – they're probably talking about the same serials and movies and, and comics and everything else. And, you know, he shoots a commercial and he says, hey, let, let me get my buddy Alex Ross, painter extraordinaire, to come in and throw some chickens and say no personal checks. It's awesome. A good crowd to be in. That's so crazy. I did not know that. But I did know that he was from the North Burbs and that, you know, there's a couple of stories that I've heard here and there and that he's he's done a couple of things um you know locally for like i think there's a there was a church one of my uh my my uh ex went to that like he was a the, the pastor was like a huge comic book collector and actually brought in alex to talk to the, like the kids and stuff like that um so that's why that's that's so crazy to find out that he was in the background on spanguli i know um, i mean uh spanguli was just it was the same thing it was an influence and you guys saw it in uh in the character of count karloff mm-hmm you know, there's a there's an older horror host, and I want to say he was from like the Pen Pennsylvania area in like the maybe late 50s or 60s. Um, and his name was Roland. Okay. You know, the sunken eyes, kind of like the the skeleton look. Yeah. Um, so that's why Roland Blackwood's first name is Roland, kind of like an homage oh, to one of okay. the first horror hosts. And you know, he was like before Elvira and all them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Svenguli, hands down, grew up watching his stuff, loved it. <laughs> so there's a lot of Svenguli in Count Karloff. That is that is so cool. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, what brought you to want to like what what brought you to this story? What what kind of 
what kind of started this midnight mystery in motion? Was it, you know, a love of like kind of pulp sto- pulpish stories or, you know, a mixture of horror and uh, kind of crime drama? I'm, I'm kind of curious. It's, it's all the above. I mean, I grew up watching Kolchak the Night Stalker, which was uh, this really cheesy series from the 70s. And it was also in Chicago. In one of them, uh, the the main character, Carl Kolchak, who's this, you know, kind of like beat reporter who's always running into the supernatural, but no one believes him. Uh, right. While he's driving around Chicago in the background, if you listen to the radio broadcast, the Cubs are in like game seven of the World Series. <laughs> it's, so, so, you know, it was fiction at the time in the 70s. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it was just a cool show to see like, oh, all right, well, you know, I'm a kid. So this this was on in like 72 or 74. So I didn't watch it until reruns in college, but I just thought it was neat that this was happening in Chicago in in my city. And I thought it was pretty cool to see him running against uh, like a vampire and, you know, like uh, different types of urban legends that I've never heard of, but that along with supernatural X files, uh, aesthetically Batman, the animated series, and even stuff like Hellboy and some of those, uh, I want to say, on Fox that they would air on Friday nights like Millennium and Brimstone. Remember okay. those? Yeah. They, they all, you know, kind of like a little bit of crime fiction and a little bit of supernatural. They had a little bit of horror leaning. So all those things were just really neat and I loved them. And as I got into like film noir movies, I just wanted to kind of like do something that took all of those different loves in my life and said, you know what, what if I mash this all together? You know, I can have a detective and that checks off the film noir pulp boxes and he can deal with crime fiction. So if in one day he's running after uh, trying to get a runaway or he's trying to look after, uh, you know, a guy who's cheating on his wife, it turns out that maybe he's cheating on his wife with a vampire or with a succubus or something like that. So the idea is he's not going in, you know, he's not Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's not, he's not Constantine. He's not Hellblazer. He's not that guy. He's not going to be the one who's going to, pull out the, you know, the amulet of Acrobaca and then say, you know, some fancy words and then the vampire is gone. He's going to be the guy who's going to run in and say, shit, um, I thought you were a mobster. turns out that you're a zombie and I don't know how to deal with this, but I'm going to figure this out. So he, it's going to be a lot of that kind of like cursory run-ins with the supernatural, but very much entrenched in like real life. So as he's doing these things, he's documenting them. And I think you guys saw some of that in issue one. Yes. And I, and I love that. Like, I love the fact that he's not, you know, you always look at certain detectives and you're like, oh, well, that detective can do anything and he can, he can suss out, you know, who's who and what's what and, and get to the bottom of it. And then the best part is right there. And I, and spoiler alert, because maybe, maybe we won't say it, but like, there's a point when he just kind of looks at something and just goes, all right, this got fucking weird. Like we, we probably, we should probably not be here right now. And it's just, I know exactly. A, yeah. He's a, no I wanted bullshit. him to react the same way you and I would like, if yeah. that happened, that scene, that's exactly what you and I would say. Be like, Nope, this is wrong. Got to get out of here. This is not <laughs> yeah. right. Not. I, I, and at the same time, I didn't want to make a complete skeptic. And that was one kind of like the first pass at Ezekiel King. I wanted to make him the guy who was almost trying to disprove the supernatural. I ran down this alleyway and I was trying to get this kid and I saw a ghost and obviously ghosts don't exist. So this is why it's not real. And I thought, you know what? I can only write that for so long because it, it, it comes off jaded. And if I'm going to keep putting him in situations where he's going to deal with the supernatural, eventually it's just going to come off that he's either hard-headed, stubborn, and he's not fun to read. Right. Let me just right. flip this and make it a guy who believes, 
but he's not going to be like Mulder in X-Files. He's not going to be the guy that's like, damn it, believe. Like, you got to believe. He's going to be the guy like, yeah, that's cool. Like, there's a ghost, but my rent is still due on the first of the month. Yeah, Go get the runaway, and I'm going to get paid for that. And if I saw a ghost, that's all well and good. That doesn't pay for my meal. But I'm going to go ahead and document them on these tapes. And you kind of saw a little bit of a of a mm-hmm. tease that those tapes go somewhere. And that's kind of the long play in the series to find out, you know, yes, he believes. But why is he archiving these things and who are they going for? And there's a, a, lo- a bigger thing happening. Ooh. Okay. And and somebody's totally tailing him. And that I mean, I want to know what's up with that. <laughs> Like so some somebody's At, like I'm following this guy. Yeah, I'm like what, okay, and mm-hmm, yes. So yeah, there's there's some stuff going on, and I mean, is this gonna be just? I'm just wondering, like, is this, is this case gonna wrap up, and is he gonna move on to something else, or is this all gonna be like one tied together case? I wanted to tell the kind of stories. I, go back to X Files here a little bit. So remember how they used to have like conspiracy episodes and Monster of the Week episodes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to see a lot of that in Midnight Mystery. So there's going to be Monster of the Week episodes, but there'll always be either an epilogue or something kind of like in the middle that's going to go towards the bigger conspiracy that's happening. So I wanted to take the first two issues and establish establish his world, kind of get the, the tone of Midnight Mystery out there so that way folks can kind of see that you know there's real world and then there's going to be the supernatural thing that's just going to blindside you at some point in each issue. And at the same time, of having the first series done um and for me like i, I treat it like a season like a tv show yeah so I, I the first 12 issues is season one so all 12 issues are done oh when i finished everything i just thought all right i'm gonna kind of just burn right through this and just tell each story and then i'm gonna go backwards and then interject these little pieces of plot like you notice like the guy who was tailing yeah. ezekiel king Little things like that where I'm like, you know what? This is going to go towards the bigger conspiracy. This is going to go towards a bigger story. But it doesn't change it. If you just pick up issue three, you're going to see that he's fighting a zombie bride who's trying to kill you know, her would-be uh, groom. But towards the end, you're going to notice, all right, well, if you picked up one and two, there's something still going on here in, in, in the first season that won't pay off till the very end. Oh, wow. So... um. I guess my question is um, Ezekiel King. You know who? Like, do we? Do, I, I, we kind of jump in right, right at the get go. There's really not a whole setup for him. Um, who, who is he to you? Like, what? Where did you kind of draw inspirations uh, for him? And and what's kind of do we do we eventually get kind of an idea of where he kind of came from, or are we just kind of like is that kind of the long play of Midnight Mystery? Definitely the long play. I mean, you get to know him a little bit more, I think, in issue two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right from the first page. Uh, um, I was just showing it to my wife the other day, and she's just like, oh, wow, okay, like you're going to let that out right from the beginning. I'm like, oh, yeah, like issue two, that first page should be enough of a of like a moment where, especially since you guys checked out issue one, you should be like, oh, wow, okay, didn't think he was going to do that. But as you get into the the series as it progresses so like i said like issue three has to deal has to do with like this zombie bride kind of thing um and that's not much of a spoiler like when you see the cover you you know where you know where the issue is going um but then it starts exploring his love life like what is the you know does he have a wife did he have a wife you know the what's going on with his relationship or uh which is called dead letters 
Um, on the cover, you see there's this soldier who seems to be kind of undead coming out of a grave uh, with an envelope in his hand. And that's where you find out about Ezekiel King's past in you know the war. And I wanted to keep it in kind of like this netherworld, kind of similar to like uh, like Dark City. Yeah, yeah. Not dealing with like real time events, like no one's ever going to say, oh, like Iwo Jima or this just happened and, you know, John F. Kennedy. It's like, yeah, I don't know. This is independent of the real world, but, you know, no one's ever going to have a cell phone. You're not, they're not going to talk about DVRing something on TV. You know, it's going to be old school TVs and you're going to see old school cars in this world. So, but there's still the war, you know, so that way we can still kind of play with the idea that there was a big war like World War II that happened. Mm -hmm. And issue four is going to deal with his time there, what he saw, the shit he went through there, and how you know he kind of deals with that. Because obviously he survived, so there's a lot of right. stuff going on there. Yeah, and I and, and I think I, those are the things that you that kind of add up to get to know him from, to kind of answer the question. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. From what you sent us and what you allowed us to see uh, for this preview, this cover for four is really I. I fucking love it yeah pretty strong I, I noticed that immediately i was like whoa holy shit yeah <laughs> um, i like it a lot and the other thing is and i don't and i, mean, yeah, I was gonna say as, as fans like you know when you see a good cover uh it, it draws your eye and mm -hmm. um i mean john you got it right i mean it, we, we don't have infinite funds so yeah. when you start talking about what cover prices are and you know the, the amount of good stories that are being told you know if you have a good cover at least it gives you a fighting chance and in the independent comic world uh, believe yeah. me, I, I don't take it for granted. I, I appreciate the the compliment. I'm glad you guys liked it because I, I bust my ass on these covers so that at least if someone's going through a comic shop and the owner is is kind enough to get a few copies of Midnight Mystery, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make you double, double get a double look in there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's not Batman, it's not Spider Man. So here's this thing that hopefully should at least get you to look at it and hopefully even maybe pick it up and flip through it enough to say, yeah, for a dollar fifty, I'll give yeah. this a shot. So exactly. Peter always talks about uh, alternative comics being like the batteries, the impulse buy. I'm like, I'm more than happy to be that. Go pick up your Spider-Man. Go pick up your Batman. That's that's great. Those are good books. But if you can throw in Midnight Mystery there, then I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah. And it's the kind of whole like, don't for, don't forget there's other, you know, other content out there outside of the Marvel and DC world. Like, you know, that's that's one thing. Uh, that I kind of having having Chimera come back because for a long time Lagrange didn't have a comic book shop, so it was either like something further west, or you had to go downtown, or like there was like there was a couple places within like uh, I think Berwyn and I think Forest Park that had like a couple of com or, like one comic shop, and now that Chimera is back, like I was able to start reading again and like actually picking up you know, uh, weekly trades or monthly trades or bi-monthly trades. Um, so yeah, it was really, I was really glad to see that kind of come back to this area for me specifically, like for everyone, actually, not just me, Jesus Christ. Um, so it's cool to see that and this, to know that they're still, they're buying, they're, they're ordering stuff from Alterna is, is really fantastic. Um, I just got to say, and I'm coming back to the cover for, for, uh, this issue here. And I guess my biggest takeaway for four, does anyone remember seeing that weird? It was, I don't even remember. I think it was called house, but it's not like the house that I'm like the horror series that I'm talking about. It was like two movies. And one of them was like, it was like a father and son. And like the, the sequel was like a, a young writer and his friend died in Vietnam or something. No, 
No, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't, I don't remember that, and I've seen a lot of really crappy horror films. <laughs> it's called it's called House Two: The Second Story. Who's um, by? who made like who's the director? I hang on a second. I'm gonna have to hey, give me a second. Let me yeah. let me grab it here. Original house. I remember seeing these yeah. long ago, and I never ever found them. And I worked at a secondary, uh, a, like a secondhand DVD store, and I finally got them after I had left. Um, it's Ethan Wiley was. Uh, let's see here. Sean has what that was, or did you just go ah? No, I was, like, I was gonna be like, oh, good old Ethan. Why I was gonna follow it up with clearly showing? I had no idea. Like, and I don't know why I would thought like the second it. film had George Went in it. That's uh, all I got. That's that's went really all I got. George Went right. Um, good old Norm. But, but like that's or no, I'm sorry. George, the House One was the one I was thinking of with the friend from uh, in the war uh, in Vietnam. So like that's. I see that cover, and that's exactly what it reminds me of. Because the friend, like, kind of keeps reappearing to the writer in still in in his his military, like U.S. military fatigues. Uh, and over time, like, he kind of gets more and more decrepit. And that whole that whole cover for four is what it reminds me of. Very cool. I was kind of going for a, like a heavy metal uh, I, like, vinyl album cover look. Yeah, too. <laughs> Iron Maiden almost. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, something that you would see in, in an Iron Maiden cover. So. But I mean, yeah, it goes back to, to that idea. Like, you only get one shot with the covers, yeah. and if someone doesn't uh, doesn't like what they see there, you know, they're not going to pick it up, uh, and they're not even going to flip through it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys like it. I just hope a lot of people like it too, because uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the covers to make sure they look nice. Awesome, dude. So I I have to do this now before I forget, because I did completely forget to ask this when Patrick was on last week, uh, last week's episode that we recorded. Um, Spoilers in there. <laughs> I am. I know. I know. I we tried, but I mean, honestly, it's it's such the twelve is fantastic. Yeah, I could talk. Really dig in. <laughs> no, um, no, you guys dug it. I was mindful because I heard it, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to let these guys railroad me into like revealing what happens in episode. Uh, in no. see, I keep calling it episode. I, I every time I think of Midnight Mystery, I think of it as a TV show in my head because I just I think cinematically. Right. So when I think of scenes, when I think of like a story arc, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot like in episode ten. It's like I don't know, I gotta, I gotta remember. In, I'm not gonna let you guys know what happens in issue twelve. So you can try, no, but and I would, I wouldn't ask because I'm, I, I want, I want to, I don't want to be spoiled on that. But I did forget to ask Patrick. I got him to respond via Twitter um, because it just totally left my head before as we wrapped up. Um, but I am, I'm a huge music person and music kind of influences when I'm, you know, when I'm gaming or when I'm working or when I'm just kind of, you know, just doing nothing when I'm commuting. Um, was there a, a particular soundtrack or artist that you listened to or that kind of was, uh, um, almost would be a representation of Midnight Mystery? Oh, I got to say, I'm like the, the bizarro to you. I'm not a big music guy. Okay. Uh, when I think of music, I don't think of it so much for, um. Uh, like it doesn't put me in the zone, you know, okay. unless like I'm, you know, like back in the day when I was, uh, you know, more into working out. If you mm -hmm. saw me now, you're like, oh, yeah, that was definitely back in the day. Oh. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, like that, you know, just to get kind of pumped up and ready to to go on a run or, or lift or whatever. But nowadays, when I think of music, it's more almost for rest and relaxation, which is a complete dismissal of you know, the power that music can have, obviously it affects right. you, you know, it's, it's great. I don't have a soundtrack so much for it, but you know, when I think about uh midnight mystery in that sense, I'm like blues kind of like a, like a really dirty jazz, you know, okay. something, you know, but at the same time, I don't know when, like, I don't want midnight mystery to just be like one thing. So even if, you know, if someone approached me and said, Hey, we're going to do a soundtrack, I'm like, all right, well, 
you can't do blues and jazz. It has to be like, you know, maybe more lively jazz, like Cowboy Bebop, like the, okay. the seatbelt, yeah, yeah. you know, a little bit more up-tempo to kind of, you know, a little bit more frenzied with, with some good kind of like uh, Italian like giallo horror cues in there to really kind of like pump it up a little bit. So I wouldn't want someone to just kick back and be like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the music for Midnight Mystery, what inspires Bernie puts me to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it should be, you know, kind of atmospheric and creepy. But at the same time, you know, just some cool horns in the background that that make you feel like, you know, it's it's part of the same world. Damn, I dig that a lot because like that's the guy that's the exact feeling I got from this it was like kind of like that. Uh, I don't want to say like a Dick Tracy, but like that gritty kind of like Southern, like Louisiana, New Orleans, you know, yeah, like, like a lot of that BB King, John Lee Hooker yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Definitely more of like Southern blues. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that's probably closer to what I would do. There's a, I don't know if you guys had a chance to check out the website, um, but on, uh, on the website for midnight mystery, which you can find, I want mystery.com. There's a 30 minute radio play that I did out there. So I'm a really big fan of like old time radio shows like oh. The Shadow and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so when I would, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys like, if you like that kind of stuff, um, it's uh, available on the website for free. I did the voices. I hired some folks. Uh, my wife does one of the voices and it's fully produced. So, you know, like all the effects, driving, uh, music in the background. <laughs> um, and you can kind of hear, you know, more like if you wanted to hear what Ezekiel King's like voice, you know, what it would sound like, at least that'll give you an idea for like the tone and the whole, That's... the the radio play is called uh, the house that Satan built. I just found it. It's in kind I of like a. So gonna listen to this. this oh, awesome! Is, yeah, it'll. it'll this is so cool for thirty minutes or so, but it takes place in like a Louisiana swamp. So he he's hired to go find someone, and car goes off the road, and while he's looking for you know someone to kind of help out, he just walks into like this random swampy area, and there's a house there, and then you know insanity ensues. So you if know, uh, if you guys like that kind of stuff, you should check it out. Uh, you know, I put it out. I recorded that maybe two or three years ago. It's it's been out there for a while, but oh, wow. it just lets you know. Like when I've you know talked to folks about Midnight Mystery, they're like, you know, like you just started working on this. I'm like, no, Midnight Mystery has been like ten years in the making. Wow. <laughs> it's been a, a a passion project for sure. So all this stuff that's out there, like I really did it more for myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I love those shadow shows. Mm -hmm. Let me write a script for that and see you know what that would look like. And then I wrote it. And then I, you know, recorded it and I thought, all right, well, let me do some special effects for this. And little by little, it just get, you know, got obsessed about it and did more. And I'm going to do more stuff like that, especially if people like the series. So, well, you know, uh, not to not to talk shop while we're while we're recording here. But if you ever need any other voice actors, there's a, a gentleman uh, also on this podcast that uh, loves doing some voice acting work. Don't you, John? <laughs> Trying to about being available. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, man. Well, I'm doing. Uh, I'm working on my voiceover demo right now. So like, I'm. Uh, we're gonna. That's either gonna happen or uh, no. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we work before. Um, what was that? Voiceover work before. Uh, like I've done some like, I don't know, like some student projects and stuff. So nothing I've ever gotten really paid for. So that's the next step. I want to get some. I want to get some moolah. That would be. That'd be nice. But uh, those those comics uh, don't come cheap nowadays. Exactly. See, <laughs> I mean, it's all coming full circle. 
Um, I know you guys are avid gamers, so are you, would you be more interested in doing voiceovers for games or for commercial work? I mean, or or anything, I guess. Oh, hell, I mean, either or, really. I, I think I'd be more interested in doing stuff for video games, but uh, but I wouldn't mind hawking some goods as well, you know? Like, that's that's also fine with me. Because <laughs> I noticed when I was when I was putting that thing together, uh, I found, the, one, the cheapest option uh, was to just... Uh, to do Ezekiel King's voice myself, because if I you go to places like Fiverr that are out there, and you know they they have you heard of that place? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard of Fiverr. Yeah. It's, it's just a good you know good marketplace to get some good services at a good price, and you know it makes sense when somebody says you know I will do your voiceover for a hundred dollars for X amount of words, and if you have a main character like Ezekiel King that's providing the kind of like the narration, the narration and some of the yeah absolutely it's like all right I'm got I'm at like. Uh, yeah, no, I'd have to take out a loan to hire you to do <laughs> someone to do this for me. So I'll do that one. And then I'll just hire some other folks to uh, do different voices. But I think the first thing I noticed in kind of looking at that is some of the voice actors, you know, it's kind of like either you have a, a, a sound that you're going for and you're just really, you're you're a specialist, right? Like you're good at that. And that's what you do. And when someone says, hey, I need a baritone, I need someone with a deeper voice that can sound convincing or academic or you know, like kind of a, I don't know, Barry Whitish. That's what I'm going for. But then I saw other folks and you'd see them and you think, you know, just looking at their profile picture. Yeah. I kind of know what that voice is going to sound like, but they're all over the place and they can yeah. do so many things. So, so John, are you, are you uh, like a specialist or do you do a lot? Uh, I, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. Never really thought about it. I mean, like I can do, I've got like three main voices. This one, this one, and I don't know something else. Like I, I <laughs> that's I'm still working on. Like I'm gonna do. A, I have a Fiverr. I was gonna set up a Fiverr, but I might actually go to Guru.com because uh, it's a little. Seems like a little more up my alley in the sense that like it, there aren't. It's a little smaller right now, as far as I can tell. So I feel like I'll be able to maybe get more work. Maybe I don't know. I think I would like also to sidestep all that shit and just get an agent. That'd be nice too. But uh, I don't know. I'm a dreamer. I just put, I think, I think with any of those things, uh, you know, especially, Hey, I make it, I make independent comics. So I know. <laughs> so with all that, it's like the more you put out there, the, the more people get a sense for you. Uh, that's why, you know, with midnight mystery, I'm like, yeah, let me, you know, I hope I get more than uh, four issues. How I, I hope I get more than a few, uh, two issues out there and the people like it, but you know, it starts, uh, you know, kind of setting the pace for people to say, Oh yeah, that Bernie guy, he does those kind of like old school supernatural kind of stories with guys in trench coats. It's like, all right, cool. And you figure <laughs> same thing. You do a, a voice yeah. here and there, and at least you have a good portfolio. I, I guess it would be the same for a voiceover artist to say, yeah. yeah, I did this commercial, you know, I did this for a buddy of mine for a film narration or whatever. So at least people can start to get a sense for you. Cause once you have that, you start, you know, I guess it just gets to that point. Like there's the, the one, the place where, you want to do something, and then as someone who's going to want to hire you, I'm like, all right, well, fair enough, but I want to hear you doing it. Yeah. So right. when you piece that all together, then I'm like, oh, yeah, got it. Like, I've got the perfect project for you. You've got a nice, deep voice. This is what I need. You sound clear. Then you can also do the excited, you know, hey, I'm hawking this widget. You know, <laughs> hey, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. You know, you, yes. you, can, you can play around with that. Yeah, it's funny, man. I was doing the last uh, voiceovers I was doing was uh, for these. I, I don't know. Somehow, like my name was being passed around in India, um, but they were speaking English because they wanted me to do voiceovers for these animations. And I had done like three, and then this one person eventually hit me up, and they're like, "Hey, could you do one for me too?" And I'm like, "Fine, sure, whatever. This is fun for me." And they're in my like portfolio, so it's all whatever. Um, 
but she kept coming back and saying, hey, everyone here thinks you sound like a cowboy. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, is that just <laughs> how they think Americans sound? Because like, I don't even have, I'm like, holy shit. That's what if you think I sound like, like a, a cowboy, a caricature cowboy kind of thing, you know, I mean, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine a few weeks ago and he said, uh, he's like, oh, I was talking to someone online and they said I have a Chicago accent. He's like, what, what the hell is that? Yeah. Right. You know, and I'm saying, you know, I'm like, you know, I've known him for like 20 years. I'm like, just listen to yourself. Talk, bud. like you have a Chicago accent. He's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, Saturday Night Live, like the super fans yeah. uh, speaking about George Went, right? It's like, yeah, there we go. A little Let's bit more, circle. you know, dramatic, you know, like, hey, guys, what's going on? You know, I'm going to get a sausage from Chicago. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's more jokey, but yeah. I can see someone who's, you know, not from the U.S. thinking, oh, sure. You know, he has kind of like a John Wayne Southern cowboy type accent. It's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, well, I yeah. yeah, but they're like, but we're not looking for a fucking cowboy. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm, I'm good on this <laughs> <laughs> you're oh, like that i'm not a cowboy i'm yeah, just a very i'm a uh, i'm a rugged westerner yes damn it there's a difference i know and that's and like that's like, like kind of the thing is like our like this whole podcast started because john and i basically had we'd worked together previously but like we'd always kind of like conversed about the games we were playing and i think we spent about a month long talk like a month long conversation about Metal Gear Solid Five and and basically like how it fit in the lore, where it was in the timeline, everything. And so like it was this moment where like finally I think by like the end of the month of us talking about it, it was just like fuck it, dude, we should just do a podcast. Like why are we why are we even fucking questioning anything else? Yeah, exactly. We're doing it already. We did might as well just record it. <laughs> and that's right. And if so you, that if was you the have the means, you should absolutely do it. I think absolutely. that's a that's the good thing Kevin Smith said. And I had a podcast for a while and. It was mainly that was the motivation to, you know, just to hear someone like Kevin Smith, you know, you would think opposite, right? He's like, I don't yeah. want more competition out there. I don't want some punk kids, you know, creating this great thing that one day usurps me and no one remembers who I am. On the contrary, he's like, you know what? This is how I got out there with clerks. Yeah. You know, pick up a camera, pick up a microphone, do whatever you got to do and, you know, literally get your voice out there so that way someone can hear your perspective. And, you know and what, whether it's just, uh, like you said, talking about video games or comics, uh, maybe you're going to get a few listeners out there that'll say, yeah, no, I, I think like these guys, this is cool. And that's what, and that's kind of what we wanted. And that's why I kind of didn't want something that specified what we talked about. And so that's why I thought it was cool to be able to have someone. And like Peter and I started talking randomly after a situation on Twitter. And it was just kind of like from there, it just spired. Like even before Peter, like we had, you know, uh, uh, Jay Benantinga, who's also a Chicago native, um, come on the show to talk about as his governor book with Robert Kirkman and. You know, it was just it, it's the one thing I've kind of always been instilled with is kind of like ask people, ask them if, you know, if you're if you're going to try to do something, see if someone else wants to come on and, and talk with you guys about what they're doing. And the worst anyone can say is no. But most of the time, people who are are working on things and, and trying to bring things to light uh, for other people to see or hear or, or or consume via, you know, however many methods. I mean, because a lot of people and I know this are, are starting to consume comics digitally, which, hey, man, that's cool. But like, I still like having a comic book. Um, I, you know, we've been able to connect with so many awesome people. Like, it's it's just been and like to hear to have your story start this podcast out was just fucking, uh, you know, it's it's kind of awe inspiring to me that like we kind of helped fuel that connection, I guess. And that's the I, cool I, thing I, about podcasts. Yeah, I'd say that, I mean, the thing about making comics is it's a very uh, lonely existence. I mean, there are usually I mean, I treat making comics like a job. I, I would never have it be my livelihood. Uh, I, I don't know that I could do something um 
that creative, you know, as my nine to five, because it's also my escape, you know, right. I have a rough day at the day job and I just want to get home and I want to chill and I want to, you know, go through my DVR and I want to draw and, and I kind of have our, our routine, you know, we, we chill, we catch up with each other, eat some food. And then from like six to 10 or whatever, I'm drawing. The coffee table is just filled with art supplies, uh, reference, anything that I'm working on. It's all there. And, you know, every night, pretty much uh, seven days a week, except Saturday and Sunday. Sometimes I'll actually work uh, a lot later or a lot earlier, but it's it's on my own. It's on my own. And, you know, I can turn around, show my wife and be like, hey, did I pull this off? Does it look right? She'll give me some feedback. And then I can say, oh, yeah, I can draw that hand a little better or yeah, no, that card doesn't look right. Let me go back and, and look up some more reference and make sure it looks correct. But those are all things that are just happening kind of like on my own and all the processing is happening in my head. So when stuff like, you know, when it's the opportunity to, to plug a book, it's, it's a good opportunity to just chat with people because you guys have been in my ear for the last few years while I've been making this comic, you know, so, you know, just like you guys have shows and podcasts that, that you guys yep. are, you know, constantly subscribing to and checking out that you look forward to week to week. I'm like, yeah, no. So, you know what? Um, I, I kind of get a sense for the stuff that you guys enjoy and, you know, the comics you guys read. So, you know, when you uh, talk to someone at Alterna and, you know, this was even before you talked to Patrick just uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, to say, oh, yeah, this is great. You know what? I'll reach out to these guys. I think they might uh, they might like Midnight Mystery. So. It'll be a good conversation and it won't be a blow off conversation. I feel like these guys actually dig in. They read the book. They know uh, they know what they like. And if they don't like it, I feel like you guys will give me the honest like, hey, Bernie, you know what? This is thanks for sending it. But um, thanks. But no, thanks. And, you know, all, all, all's good. Yeah. But no, I, I thought, mean, yeah, I think, you know what? I think that's the perfect thing about me and John is like John. John and I are kind of uh, very much very similar, but also very different in the sense that like. I'll read something and I'll, I'll read it a couple of times where I feel like John's very much the kind of person who will like look at something once and go, eh, or, or it'll like instantly pull him in. Um, yeah, that, that does accurate. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to grab you right away. Otherwise I'm like, never mind this shit. I'm done. We're moving on. But and that's, and that's the kind of thing that I like about John and, and myself's dynamic is that it's kind of like, and, and John, John can rip me to shreds off, off podcast for this, but like I stood by walking dead, the show for a very long time, much longer than I probably should have. You still on the, the walking dead bandwagon? Are you still uh, on there? I'm not on the show bandwagon. No, I'm on the comic book bandwagon. I'm not on the show bandwagon. What about you, John? Good, good. No, good God. No, I, <laughs> I, I dropped off pretty early, like way, like, I don't know what season. The it comic and the season. And oh, no, the, the, the comic is still splendid. It's still amazing. Yes. And I look forward to it every month. I, like, holy crap. Um, but that which it which really makes the show sucking so much ass to me, uh, like all the more. Painful. Bummer. Like, it's yeah. just like, God damn. Like, uh, I don't know. But. I don't know. We slagged that show quite a bit at this point, so I feel kind of bad. We're kicking, we're kicking this yeah. dead horse. Even this dead horse say, I, that's so popular still. <laughs> no, I have to say, so, so since we're all from Chicago, I went to Wizard World probably back in like 2006. Maybe, okay. Because uh, I th- maybe even 2005. Um, and that's when Artist Alley was uh, a bit more, uh, smaller for sure, but definitely yeah. more reasonable price-wise. So yeah. it, it didn't, uh, it wasn't as big of a decision to make to say, yeah, that's right. I'm going to take three or four days off of work where I'm not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I'm going to pay for this table. And, you know, I want to make sure if I'm there to have some good stuff. So I'm going to have to invest in producing some good merchandise. Right. So, you know, between parking and then eating and then maybe some drinks afterwards, I'm all in for 
maybe like six or seven hundred bucks. Um, right. That, like nowadays, back then, it was near not nearly as high. But I remember a few tables down from me, there was Kirkman and his wife, and they were I forget it might have been Battle Pope that they were pushing at the time. Oh, yeah. oh wow, I love that. But you know it. <laughs> It was it was kind of cool to think about it in retrospect to say, you know, there he was kind of doing his thing, uh, you know, pushing comics and, you know, you know, kissing babies, doing the whole, you know, like, <laughs> hey, here's my pitch. You may like my like my like my comic or not. And I remember a few times because I have a few pictures from from that era uh, that I'm just like, oh, yeah, like he's kind of like in the background and just a few things, you know, you kind of look at each other, kindred spirits. You're like, hey, bud, you right. know, good luck to you. Hope you're doing well. But, you know, that's uh it's comics like, you know, one yep. day you're doing that. Next thing you know, you have a TV series. And next day after that, people are tuning in or tuning out. Yeah. And that's and that's a big thing. I mean, I feel like with the way things are going in the industry, uh, especially comics, it's it's really t- I mean, you hear it. And I know Peter's talked about it uh, on Twitter and, and on, on his podcast, I think a little bit. Um, is that you You are starting to hear that like there's a lot of people who aren't there's not as many people buying comics because, you know, a lot of these comics are, as we stated in the beginning, you know, are, you know, anywhere between four to maybe five dollars, sometimes three to five dollars. I'll say that much for, per issue. So it's like there's a lot of people who are, you know, not picking up comics and seeing what alternatives offering at the price they are. Even image image has got some great comics out right now. Um, you know, it's just it's interesting to me. Uh, to see Peter kind of jump on this 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 run and and showing people like, hey guys, like there is a lot more talent out there and there's a lot more stories to be told and we can do it and we can do it at a reasonable price at the at, for the consumer. We uh, we did that alternative live thing um, just this past week. Oh nice! And it was a three hour long conversation and I think uh, <laughs> Peter and I are kindred spirits, you know, with some of our I think our work ethic and some of our like kind of like marketing philosophy, but some of the stuff you're getting at with the industry. And one of the things I mentioned to him, I'm like, you know, the main reason I, I loved what you were doing uh, with the initiative uh, with the newsprint initiative, and it, it felt like in all the podcasts that I heard you talking, like you, you were on message, like mm-hmm. you already knew what you were going to do. Yep. And you just needed to find some creators who were going to be consistent, professional, and had some good product to give you. And then you're like, you know what, I've got, I've got the medium now, give me the message. Cause I think this is going to work. And I, and I mentioned to him, I'm like, what you did is uh, like the old phrase, uh, a nature abhors a vacuum. Mm-hmm. There, there's a vacuum in the comics industry that you're talking about. You know, you want a good story at a good price. The, the industry is lacking good stories. There's a lot of good stuff out there well beyond the big two. And they're telling some pretty good epic stories and they're backed up by these multi-billion dollar films. Yep. And you've got Image and Dark Horse and IDW and everyone in Artist Alley who's putting blood, sweat and tears into, into telling their stories, you know, digitally in print, however they're doing it. But it gets pricey. And when that happens, uh, it's hard to get people to, you know, to invest their money in it when, you know, they're buying games or downloading uh, a movie for three 99 and Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing all these other things that are about the same as a price of a single comic that you can sit through in 10 or 15 minutes. I'd rather just rent the movie on Amazon and watch that for three or four 99, then pick up the latest justice league. That's four 99. Yeah. And, right. you know, and not, not to be negative. I think no, it's just, it's just you know, realistic. realistic. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's that same thing, like even, even like the value, the time and the time in between issues, if it's like a monthly comic, it's like, all right, how's Batman going to get out of this one? 
I guess I'll find out in a month. Shit. I mean, I guess I, th- I, think, I think Batman's out bi-weekly, but um, when I was but watching- I think that's the vacuum part. Like, it's not that there are less people who want to read a good story. If anything, it's like all those people are still there. You know, yeah. if uh, you know, yeah. outside of uh, ex- you know, less expensive issues, those people are like, yeah, no, I still want to be entertained. I'm still willing to pick up a good ten to fifteen minute read. But maybe not at three or four ninety nine because I've got other places where that money could go. But if you still, but if you give me a good comic for a dollar fifty, I think so far in two thousand eighteen, uh, if I if I have the two figures right, they're at seven hundred percent more readership than two thousand seventeen, and two hundred and fifty percent higher in sales than two thousand seventeen. Wow! Eight months into the year. If he's got a few more months to go, hopefully uh, Midnight Mystery will put some uh, um, some notches on his belt. But it's like, yeah, people want to read good stories. It's not like yep. they said, you know, I'm giving up on comics. They're just like, yeah, I'm I'm giving up on 4.99, or at least going to make it fewer and far between. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. I I completely am 100. percent Like it's just it's just it gets tough. It gets tough after a while to constantly be picking up the same, and it feels like sometimes you are picking up the same stuff. Uh, in terms of so stories, for good so. places like Chimera, who, like yeah. you said, they go out there, they open up a shop, they fill it up with good merchandise. Yep. And, you know, I, I imagine that can't be cheap, especially the no. stuff that's not returnable. Some right. awesome, you know, kick-ass statues with yeah. Toys R Us, unfortunately, closing. You see more shops bringing in more games and action figures. It's like, yep. all right, well, that costs money to bring in. And, you know, they're people trying to, you know, yeah, that's get more people thing. through the door, more, you know, more assets in the in the gaming seats, you know, whatever it is, they're doing it. And if you can't tell a good story, it's like you have a kid come in through a comic shop with their parents, it's, you know, outside of even if they go to the kid section, some of the stuff gets a little pricey. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, again, that's why I, I love what Peter's doing. I love what he's doing. I'm totally behind it. And I appreciate it because he's got a plan. He's sticking to it, doing all ages stuff, some horror stuff, uh, different genres with different creators, with different looks. You know, he's basically saying... I'm, he's getting to the point where there are no excuses. People can say, well, I'm kind of looking for this type of story. He's like, I gotcha. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, I'm looking for a, a story for my daughter. I, I gotcha. Like, okay, well, <laughs> what about my teenage kid? And it's like, no, no, we got that too. Like there's, there's nothing at yeah. alternate, like everything's covered. And at a dollar 50, you can take a shot. And even still, like, I mean, even their merchandise is, is quite just like, like, if you go on their, their Etsy page for, for Alterna, you can find, you know, a, a snapback hat for, you know, 12 bucks, uh, or, or one of the anthologies for, you know, 15 bucks or, or whatever. It's, it's fantastic. And I love the fact that he still not only puts it out into the comic book stores, but also has the Etsy page where it's like, oh shit, like my store didn't get a copy of the 12, you know, uh, episode or issue episode. Now you got me saying episode issue three, I can go there and order it directly from them and have them ship it to me it's perfect that's, it's that's that's the good businessman in uh in peter to say oh, absolutely if you if uh if you can't get it at the shop i'd rather you get it at the shop but if you can't i'll Come find right a place for you for you to get it because if, if you want your hat your mug or your or your bag with the alternative yep. logo on it yep. like I'm, I'm gonna get it to you yeah and that's that's the fantastic well i i i don't think i have anything f- Further in question wise, John, uh, uh, you? No, I mean not really. But we, witness go. <laughs> we really, we really dug deep though. I like, I, I, I love this. I'm, I'm so excited to continue reading this. Um, it's on my pull list. I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to, to get into this and, and find more about uh, Ezekiel. Um, it's, it's. Mike, you said Chimera. Is that your shop where you have your list? Yeah. So on October 31st on Halloween, when Midnight Mystery comes out, I'll be signing at Chimera. 
Oh, shit. Ooh, well, well, I'll make sure that we post that multiple like, times. On Wednesdays to pick up your comic, uh, you know, supernatural horror uh, on a on a Halloween at a dollar fifty in newsprint. Hopefully that uh you know scratches enough of that itch to to get you to come into Chimera and I'll be there signing the book. Uh, you know they've been they were very nice to to invite me. Like you mentioned, they support Alterna and Indie Comics, so yep. I want to support them and be out there. So I'll be doing sketches. I'll have original art and stuff. So hopefully you guys can make it just because it'd be cool to meet you guys in person. Dude, but yeah, you know. Anywhere, any shop that I can go to and I see like a few folks in there, I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I told them, let's try to fill the house, you know, go to around yeah, the community, dude. Facebook, you know, whatever, anything that will get a bunch of kids to come in to the shop and be like, hey, I'll sketch Batman for free for you. But just look around, you know, support these guys, yeah. buy a few comics. You know, if you buy Midnight Mystery, great. If not, it's all good. It's Halloween. Here's some free sketches. Enjoy. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to, we'll, we'll definitely link up, uh, for the 31st. That'll be, that'll be fantastic. So don't forget guys, October 31st, we'll put some blasts out on, on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, to remind you guys, Midnight Mystery comes out on the 31st. You can meet Bernie here at Chimera's Comics in LaGrange. Uh, dude, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. We, we definitely need to bring you back very, very soon to talk more, uh, as we progress through, uh, it, the story here. And I'm glad you guys responded to it. Glad you liked it, Mike. Uh, John, thank you. Uh, get your uh, voice acting career going there. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. <laughs> well, that's it for us this Midnight week. Midnight Mystery oh, Cowboy. There we go. Midnight ah, Mystery so Cowboy. There we go. We got a new one. That's it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, you can find our uh, podcast uh, at Shout Engine. We are now on Anchor FM, uh, which has some cool stuff that we're going to try to investigate a little bit further. Um, more along the lines of supporting us. You don't have to just come and listen. It doesn't. It, it, you don't have to pay for anything. Just come and hang out and listen to our podcast. It's cool. We got cool people. We got cool people like Bernie. It's just fucking fun, man. Uh, so you can find us at facebook.com slash beardstrokingbullshit. Uh, you can find me at tw on Twitter at mhilger uh, on the Twitter. Uh, I'm Twitch streaming again here and there. It's my schedule. Sh sh just shit. Uh, but you can find me at twitch.tv slash stick in the box. That's S-H-T-I-C-K-I-N-A-B-O-X. John, where the fuck can they find you? Well, I'll tell everybody, but first, where can they find Bernie? Oh. Well, uh, you can find me at IWantMystery.com. Try to make it simple for everyone. At IWantMystery on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you want mystery, IWantMystery.com. Oh, that makes it really easy. Hell, mm -hmm, wow, that's a good idea. Have everything be the same name. <laughs> Genius. Uh, okay, well, you can find me on Twitter at... Posh, P-O-S-C-H, or you can go to my YouTube, which is www.hoz.zone, haz.zone. My name on YouTube is also Isaac Haas. My shit is all over the place, not the same name, and it's part of my failings. Anyway, it's been a pleasure this week. You guys take it easy. Bye, guys. <laughs>